is Amalia Eon Karras. This is Satya, and you're listening to, to Love, Love, Sex, Sex and, and the, the Hidden, Hidden Agenda. Agenda. Our podcast was created with the sole intention to release toxic shame, illuminate our shadow nature, and expose the mysterious entities that feed off our most precious life force, our sexual energy. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com. Let's dive in. Okay, we are back today with Dr. Ken Harris, inspirational speaker, healer, author. Dr. Ken Harris is a chiropractor, educator, lecturer, workshop presenter, author, and keynote speaker, was the founder of Waldwick Wellness Center in New Jersey. The center was a multi-doctor facility providing all natural health and wellness care for 45 years. He's also a pioneer in holistic healing. Dr. Harris first established his practice in 1974 and in 1993 established the Mind Body Wellness Education Center dedicated to the exploration, understanding and promotion of the mind body spirit connection. Dr. Harris is an honors graduate, magna cum laude, and valedictorian, it says, wow, valedictorian and former professor of New York Chiropractic College. He holds a BA in psychology and an MS in education. And that's just scratching, that's just the start. I mean, this is, if you guys listened to our last podcast, this is, it's, he's, you're so much more than even that. <laughs> That doesn't do it. We're just like stuck on the 50, 52 years of marriage. <laughs> just put Wait, that in your bio. To be a, there has to be like a degree for that. Like, I don't know anyone in that realm. 25 years is the max I've ever heard. 52 years is like, I don't know. We need to have you on Oprah just for that. Judy <laughs> <laughs> and I have done workshops uh, in the past and, and we used to say, you know, they introduce us and, and we look at each other and we say, you, you know what our claim to fame is? And people say, what's that? We haven't had a fight in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we went five minutes without arguing. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't end. You, you have tension in, in every marriage. You have differences. And that's what makes it spicy. That's what that's where the juice is. Like I said before in the first uh, segment, if two people tell me they never have disagreements, that there's no tension, they're not going to stay married for sure because the current's not going to flow. So you got to have a little, a little uh, differences uh, in, in the relationship. It's true. Opposites do attract. It's a physics law, so it works in marriage too. That's a that's a good point. I I have had to learn a lot about that actually in in my life because I was uncomfortable with too much conflict or I felt that it meant, uh oh, this person isn't gonna love me now or this person's gonna leave or, and then I kind of went there myself. If I was gonna get really upset, I, I felt like, uh oh, you know, trouble. I guess I should make my plans. I guess I should start running now, you know? And then that took on a life of it. That can take a, on a life, right? Because then it's kind of this push and pull inside of a relationship, which can be a type of spice a type of excitement, but it's, that's not, that doesn't feel so good because then yeah, I, I've you're got taking up a vulnerability. I've got two marriages behind me and Satya, how many are you on? Two marriages behind me, actually three marriages. Three. Yeah. You've been married three times. No? 
Yes, and divorced three times. And my entire family has been married and divorced four times. Grandparents, uh, great aunts, um, <laughs> parents, brothers, sisters. Yeah, so now I should be in the good part because they all stayed married from about here, here on out. <laughs> Do you have an ancestral pattern that, can, that maybe you can break? You know, yeah, the, my yeah. my dad was married three times, my mom twice, and then single for like the last half 30 years. And yeah, but pretty much married and divorced all, all my family lineage mm -hmm. or multiple wives. My, my grandfather had two wives, one in Greece and one in America and two sets of kids <laughs> simultaneously. So Satya, can I, can I address something you said in the beginning? Yes. I could take license. You said, well, maybe they're going to leave me. Maybe they're going to do that. And you were preparing yourself already, right? You, you, you had this fear that came up in you. Mm -hmm. and, and the question I always ask someone, so what will happen if that does happen? Do you have enough self-respect, self-esteem, self-confidence, like the little bird on the branch? It's not worried about the lumberjack cutting the branch off underneath their feet because they have wings and they'll fly. So it's all about feeling good enough about you that no matter what they do or don't do you're fine and that's where the work is that's really where the work i mean that is <laughs> that requires that requires so much vulnerability so i and i think most of it would be just me immediately going to i'm leaving I'm leaving before any anybody gets a chance to hurt me because that's what I saw my mother go through. And so it's always me bolting, you know, and um, but to be vulnerable is. Ugh. That was interesting, Sanjay, because I'm super vulnerable, but I, I'm a runner. Like if if the other person can't like meet the mark fast enough, if they're slow in any way. I bolt. My boyfriend has this thing constantly. He can always tell if my mind starts thinking of the backdoor policy. He's like, don't run. Are you going to run? Promise me you're not going to run. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you got me because I, I am already thinking. I always, because I've been alone and having to survive my whole life, my fear is like being stuck in the wrong relationship. Like I'm terrified yeah. of it. I am so terrified that I'll be like stuck, trapped, settled, uh, flatlined, um, like no sexuality, no inspiration. Someone's going to suck the life out of me. Uh, I'm not going to be honored, respect. I don't know. Or I'm going to have to support them. And I just, I'm like, I can barely support myself. You know, like I got enough going on over here. <laughs> don't hang on me, drag on me. Um, so I always have this like survival backdoor policy which i know sachi and i you know have talked a lot about yeah so so you know the self-fulfilling prophecy you set it up that way it's unconscious it's it's an unconscious setup and and you're going to prove it because you're going to you're going to you're going to manifest what what you're fearing the it that which you fear will come upon us it's without a doubt it's the law of attraction so how do we you stop do. it you got to do some mirror work and some loving work and some self-esteem work and I'm worthy and no, why would anyone want to leave me? I'm so beautiful. No one's going to ever leave me. 
I'm a whole package. And you both are the whole package, intelligent, beautiful, uh, self-sufficient, entrepreneurial, you know, so you got to get over the, that self-talk, you know, you got to break the habit of being yourself because you're going to get exactly what you predict. It's the law. It's an unconscious law. But I mean, that's what's operating here, I think. If you're having, you know, every time the, the attention builds, you know, oh, I got one foot in the, <laughs> I got one foot in the wing. No, if you're going to, you got to make up your mind, like to be happy in life, it's a decision. You got to make up your mind. You're willing to do the work. You're all in. None of this half in, half out business. Uh-uh. Not hey, how do you, not how do you know? Goal. You're going to, well, I'm, I'm an all or nothing guy. I'm going to dive right in. I'm going to make it work. And and up to a so, point, there's a, there's, there's a time for escape, but I'm going to give my, my heart and soul. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to ask, I'm going to let my wife see the ugliest and, Beautiful, most beautiful parts of me. Okay, that I agree with that. I do that in short segments of time. Like I'll, I'll say I'm all in. For, I do this. I tell myself, and I often tell my partner, I'm all in for three months, or I'm all in for six months, <laughs> and I literally do it in increments because I can't handle more than that. Like I can't see beyond it. And so, I'm. My question to you is like, when do you realize, like? When, when are you able to make the commitment longer? Like, did you know you're going to be with Judy for 52 years? Because that would be terrifying. I don't think I can say till death do us part or 52 well, years of marriage. I had no concept. No, all marriages end in divorce or death. That's the reality. One way or the other, marriage is going to end. Divorce. Or death. But, you know, if you don't live in the present moment, you start fast forwarding, you're going to get anxious. I never, I never knew I was 21 years old, 22, Judy was 21. We only knew each other a month. I didn't have this idea I was going to be married 52 years. I didn't think you I was married old. after one month. We, we engaged after one month and we married eight months later. Yeah, I know. But I, I didn't even think I would live 52 years, never by married 52. But that's how that's the, how the mind works, you know. There's only now, there's only this present moment. You know, you guys teach, you teach meditation. You know, as soon as you go into the future, you're going to get anxious. As soon as you go into the past, you're going to get but, unhappy. But commitment requires future vision. That's where I get tripped up. The ah. commitment requires a future vision. And then I just start getting anxious with that future vision. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to live here the rest of my life. I don't know if I want to keep dealing with this the rest of my life. So then I'm like, okay, I can do it for six months. That I'm sure. So here's my 100% all in for... Six months is kind of the longest I've been able to like say for sure I won't run for six months. But then after that, I'm sort of like, I might if I'm uncomfortable, if I feel unmet or if I feel like I'm, yeah, certain well, things aren't being addressed or something, then yeah, maybe because I'm afraid of being stuck in a relationship that goes stale or, or, so or isn't growing. We stay in the relationship as long as we're both evolving as beings. There's evolving. We're, we're, we're going to support each other's evolving as souls. That's the commitment. All right. It doesn't have to be a time frame. And there's a time to adios. I, I don't say till death do you part. There may be a, a, a completion of a cycle. A divorce is not a, a failure. A divorce is just an ending. That's all. But it doesn't mean you failed. You, you contributed. You got something from the relationship. There was an exchange of energy and information up to a point, but it wasn't, it wasn't self-sustaining. 
and, and, and if it's not nourishing you, then maybe it is time to say adios. But I, would, I don't know, I know about the time frame thing. I, I never thought of it in those terms, Amalia. I'll stay six months. If it works out, I'll give you another six months. You know, Judy used to- No, because Satya and I live in constant anxiety. And I think one, one of the thoughts is always like, you know, there's a fight or a conflict and already we're thinking, I, I know, I'm thinking for you, Satya. Yeah, oh yeah. We've already thought of like, well, if it doesn't work out, I can do X, Y, Z. Well, if it doesn't work out, I got this. And it's it's almost like- a Yeah, trauma. we're always fine. I mean, it's never a question of like, I'll be fine or I won't be able to find love. Like, oh yeah, I'll be fine and I'll find the next great love. But still, go ahead. I'm you're, addicted, you're addicted to the high of that next- great love you know i mean uh, you know that that's, that's what we that's need to hear that's tell us addiction. more no that's an addiction and, and just like you know bigger better best never let it rest kind of thing you know the finest wine in life is safe for last i'm having judy and i are having the most beautiful time in our lives now we did the work you know and so now we're just savoring whatever we have as far as the sex is concerned it's not it's not the quantity at this point but the quality it's fine wine our relationship now when we do have uh, intercourse is different than it was when I was 22. I mean, that's the reality of it. I mean, your, your bodies change, your hormones change. You're not going to always be, you know, on that high that way, but you don't need it. I mean, I, we could go shopping in the supermarket together and have a great time, you know, walking down the supermarket together or take a, we walk every day together, by the way, every day we take a walk together and, and that's where we do our talking in the morning. You know, a lot of couples don't even speak to each other all day long. I don't know what the percentage of the conversation is, but it's very low the longer you're with someone, the less you're talking to them. So we do that in the morning. That We set it out, you know, that two, three mile walk where we have our conversations. And then we go about our business. Then we come back in the evening for dinner and so on. And I have my world and she has her world. I have a very, you know, active world to, with my work, but I still have time with her. You know, I make time. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ken, because one of the things I've noticed from knowing you is that you and Judy have so many like beautiful habits um, that you've developed over the years that I, I can see are like your tradition, like you have your summer house and you go here for six months and you do the same thing. You kind of have like this beautiful um, schedule of how you move through the year, like family traditions that you're doing. And I read it in your book also in the stories you tell about, you know, we always go, um, to, to this place at this time of year and and then you have all these coincidences and you know synchronicities there but did you develop that with her did you adopt that like is that something you think is what keeps you together well it doesn't keep us together but certainly nurtures the relationship judy loves the ocean i'm okay with the ocean but i accommodate i'll go to the beach to, because that's what she loves but i love the mountains and she'll accommodate me in the mountains so there's the compromise but we, we do, we go to a lot of different places, not the same places. We have about a half a dozen places that we go back to and we always meet new people. So it's never old and stale. Uh, it's always new for me. You know, it's exciting because my attitude is I'm going to meet my friends. They just don't know that I'm their friend yet. You know, and, and if you read my book, you know, I mean, I could go into synchronicity within 10 minutes of meeting someone. It's, it's crazy, you know. So it's, for me, it's not stale. It's not repetitive. It's not old. Uh, it's joyful, actually. What what was that word? Word Juliet called us the uh, the super coincider. Or no? oh, yeah, 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 yeah. High what frequency, high frequency coinciders. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ken's a super high frequency coincider. He has synchronicities all day long that make your mind spin. Like he's telling, he's constantly texting me or calling me, going, "Listen to this one," and they're all mind blowing. <laughs> and they don't get there's, you know, I'm excited with the with the most recent one as I am from the other ones. It it, it never gets stale for me. I mean, it's exciting. I, I and I, it I, I find it joy. I actually find it joyful, and, and it keeps me young. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like being in touch with the jet stream in the ocean or something or but wait, what's that stream there's, you know, and you you get in it and it takes you like to Australia. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nemo. It's, it's like being in tapped into that all the time. Well, it's true. Life is a river and, and, and it will take you where you need to go and, and, and arrange people that you need to be meeting at the right time at the right place. That's a universal law. Most people are, are, are not aware of it, but that's really the divine design. Yeah. Life is intelligent. I always say it. Life can be trusted. It'll put you at the right time at the right place. Pay attention, stay aware, awake, and alert. Most people are sleepwalking. That's the problem. You know, they're, they're living here inside their own little head, you know, and the self-talk. Oh God, if you heard the conversations, no wonder, no wonder the world is crazy. Because people are beating themselves up 24-7. You know, that critic, we all had that critic. You got to tame those, those, those bugaboo voices of yours always judging, always looking, you know, the ego always wants to compare. The soul could care, care less. The ego is always afraid, you know, someone's gonna find out this about me. We should be transparent in life. You're free, you don't have to hide anything. You know, people will be more willing to get naked physically than they would to be getting naked emotionally. That's oh, that's the, so true. That's One of my teachers, One of my teachers called um, her practice uh, Naked Souls. Ooh, I and like I loved it because it, when, when we do raise to that frequency, we see everything there. Everything is transparent. Um, when we're in that sort of fifth dimensional love. And we wanted to talk with you about that too. Like what, what's beyond the sex? <laughs> like what, what is that glue that keeps relationships together? That transcendental love you were talking about, you know, that, at our most natural state that that you feel is i don't know sort of hold holding us or hold, holding your your marriage together or something that like the way i see it is the world's lacking so much love because so many of us come from broken families and i don't know if you also came from a dysfunctional family ken or if this was like a well natural no. for you to be in a 52 year marriage no, no, <laughs> it, it, it kind of yeah Go ahead. My mother and father had their battles. They were married 57 years, but they were black and white. <laughs> they were definitely opposites, but they were, there was core love there. You know, I mean, there was a, a depth of love and, and I was blessed. I mean, my, my mother was Irish Catholic. She had a heart of gold. I mean, I knew love because my mother loved me. Okay. I, I mean, she died giving birth to me and they brought her back and she was told to come back and raise this little one. So oh, there, wow. was, there was, I, I had a taste of unconditional love for my mother, not for my dad. He was damaged from the war and so on and so forth. But the problem is most people don't know what unconditional love is. Most of all love is conditioned. You do this, I'll love you. You do that, I'm not gonna love you so much. And then yes. the judgment again. So I guess the key is to learn to love yourself unconditionally. That's, I guess that's where I'm at in my life now. I have learned to love myself unconditionally with all my light, my good, my bad, my ugly. And therefore I can give it to Judy. She doesn't, she can't say or do anything that upsets me anymore. I mean, I don't get upset. 
it's 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 crazy, but it's almost I get giddy. It's it's all okay. Whatever you want to do, I'm I'm accommodating. You know, it doesn't matter to me for the most part. I don't, I don't you know, I don't have, we don't have any battles anymore. We had battles, believe me. We we did our work, but we're on the other side of that. This is the fine wine for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wake up on my knees. I'm not worried about her leaving me, me leaving her. Or, you know, I, I live in the moment with her. Knowing that, you listen, I had a heart attack a year and a half ago. I didn't know how many more months I was ever going to have. So I'm living, you know, as I say, I, I told you, extra innings. I had a reprieve from sudden death. So I'm living in that space and time of just thankfulness. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't want any, I don't really feel I want anything out there anymore. It, it, it's not about getting anything. It's my state of consciousness is about legacy and giving back. That's why I started I started a legacy group for the chiropractic profession because the young kids getting out of school, they don't know anything. And so I got six uh, doctors who were going around mentoring them for free because we're passing the baton. You know, the soul always says, not the soul says, how can I help? And the ego says, hey, what's in it for me? Now, I had a lot of ego. Don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not painting myself out to be a saint. I had a lot of what's in it for me in my life. But at this point in my life, I'm 75. It's like, how can I help? What can I do? How may I be of service? Mm, that's beautiful. I feel so, blessed. So do you have any last questions for Ken? <laughs> right now I'm just drinking it all in and trying to remember every little thing and solidify it. I'm going to have to re-listen to this. <laughs> I know I was already going into amnesia. Like, what did he say the point of relationship was? What did he say was the reason why we should get married in the first place? So like, should we get married? <laughs> Is marriage necessary? <laughs> I guess there's no one size fits all. Everybody has to figure out what works and doesn't work for them. And I'm not saying, again, don't stay in a marriage that's stale, that you're not growing. So when the growth stops between the two of you, then maybe it's time to adios. And of course, don't stay in a marriage where you're being abused emotionally or physically. That, that, that's a no-brainer. You know, women should never, ever, ever tolerate that uh, under any circumstances. Yeah. Pick up your bags and say, adios. You gotta love yourself enough to do that. I remember the, the poem by uh, Orion Mountain Dreamer. I think her name is Orion Mountain Dreamer. You know, when one day her husband said, hey, go, back in the, go back in the bedroom and behave yourself. She took her three kids and left. She wrote a beautiful, The Invitation, I think it was called. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. poem. It's a beautiful poem where she, you know, she finally had enough uh, self-respect to, to, to move on. Yeah. Don't give yourselves away, women. Be who you are. You know, don't don't submerge yourself to a man. Not necessary. You know, male and female created whatever us, and together we we do the work. It's not you're you're not any less or any more than anybody else in a relationship. Yeah, I see. Thank you for saying that. But I I see this um, oscillation between the women I know. I have women that stay in relationships far longer than they need to, like they're being abused. There's something critically off wrong. And it has been for years, but because of the kids, they, you know, stick it out. And I think it's from some core belief that they, you know, have to stay married for some reason or for the kids. And so I have a group of women like that. And then I have another group of women that are in and out of relationships all the time because the men are never they never, they, they lack capacity. They can never be met. 
they're never, you know, um, su successful enough, loving enough, uh, romantic enough. Like they somehow like aren't meeting the mark. So I have these like ambitious women who are kind of divas, like Satya and I skate between them. But um, we we sort of, and I think her and I have this like middle view about it. Like we we do marriage, we do relationships, we do commit. But then we're constantly terrified of being over here with those girls and terrified of like it being the forever single switch, switch, switch. So we're, we're kind of like, what's the answer? <laughs> I don't know if you have one, but well, I, I would suggest, um, if you have anything to say on that. Well, I, I would just suggest that the five love languages, the questionnaire is very good. You're both familiar with the five love languages? Yes. Figure out what love, how, how you perceive love to be. I mean, Judy is, Judy is acts of service. So if I, if I vacuum or I go shopping to the store, uh, I take out the garbage, that's an act of service. That means I love her. I'm a touch and tell guy. I, I gotta hear it. She's gotta say me in the morning, good morning, Ken. She comes and pats my head now. She says, good morning, honey, I love you. You know, she says she didn't need that, but I did. I needed to hear it and feel it. And she needed acts of service. So we know that. So we give it to each other then. You know, uh, that is so nice. Yeah. yeah so I mean yeah, to if if you can figure it out, and most people can, but then they ask it from the other person. The other person just doesn't give it to them. So I think that's a you both have to give that to each other because I'm sure you weren't naturally an acts of service person, were you, or were you? No, well, not, not not no. I thought I thought she was here to serve. <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I came from the old school, you know, you know, another generation, you know. So, it's, but what once you identify how you perceive love, then then that that helps. It helps the relationship because then you can you can give it. She would never think of doing that unless I I told her. But it, she, you know, and I'm always touching her. I'm I'm giving her what I want. I'm all, and, and and for some reason, every time she's sitting down eating, sometimes I come over and I want to pat her. And she's, don't touch me while I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself because it's just my way of expressing my love for her. But to her, it's a, you bother her. You don't, later, later, we'll touch later. So oh, wow. identify what, what your love language is. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to get to the state of not wanting anything from anybody else, you know, of that unconditional, whatever, whatever they do is okay. Yeah. But I'll tell you, if you keep married, divorce, married, divorce, married, divorce, married, divorce, you're gonna you're gonna get to the fourth or fifth one and say, how come they were? How come the fifth one's like the other four? And then you're gonna realize it wasn't them; it was me. Because I had yeah. friends who done that. I had friends who said, "Hey, Kenny, I just got divorced the third time, and how come that third wife was like the first two? And I said, "Hey, Frank, he was Italian." I said, hey, "Frank, it wasn't them. It was you all along. You were Giuseppe and Carmen. You were making your cream and cheese and jelly." You know, as we talked about in the other, in case people don't know, that was the joke we used in the first section here. We make it yeah. ourselves. It's really been, uh, it's been something to be in the mental health industry and the, uh, the spiritual world and the mind, body, spirit for so many years for me. And knowing that I always knew, okay, this is, it's, it's about me. And I'm always looking at myself first. And I know Amelia is the same way, very aware, very, you know, uh, but, but still this has happened with us. Like our, habit. You know, it's a we, habit. we still have, so some of it, yeah, some of it I feel is a program that, you know, I just simply saw from my parents, which is like get into a relationship that isn't going to work anyway, and there's no chance and go ahead and get in it. 
and then and then when things go awry which of course they were going to <laughs> then then keep going uh you know but now i'm i'm feeling like i mean i i never did want to give up i want i i want to have that thing you know and um and for me a big thing was my last relationship i think i realized like i really felt so unloved by certain things uh and then it just i just kind of died inside you know and and now i learned that that person actually still loved me and and so now i see like in my current relationship that i don't have to go there anymore like this person like i am loved and so what you said you have to think that you are, you know, you have to know that you're worth it and that you, you, you really are lovable and why on earth would anyone want to leave you? And, you know, all this, like knowing that is, is so helpful for the other person too, and you. And even with my boyfriend or even my, other, my, my ex-husband, when there was a problem and he would immediately go to, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, she doesn't. And then that would make my life so hard because then I couldn't even, even when I was trying to love him, he could not see it no matter what. And so now I feel like that I really have learned that. I mean, like you said, you did the work with, with her and with your wife, and now you guys get the fine wine. And I think it's possible to do the work with other people. And now I'm hoping this is the final line. <laughs> I mean, I know we're still gonna, we still, you know, have our fights and we move from, but but I'm, I'm thinking, you know, fine wine time. Well, you know, in, in the legal system, they say the case is won when they pick the jury, they interview the jurors. And that's really where the case is, is won because they'll know how they're gonna vote going forward with the, with the trial. So I would say to you, uh, my recommendation would be keep asking yourself, why you keep picking the same people when you know it's a setup that you're going to fail? There's a part of you unconsciously is picking the wrong partners. And they say that we pick a partner. This is Harville Hendricks. You know, he wrote the book, Getting the Love You Want and Keeping the Love You Got. Those were the two books he, and he wrote. He had three so-called failed marriages. In the Imago therapy model, it, you will pick a person who represents the wound you had with one of your parents in childhood, the, the primary childhood wound that we all have. And then you're gonna pick someone with the hope that you're gonna get a second chance to heal it with this new person. That's, that's the setup. And the only way you can cure that is to give it to yourself. This is what Hendrix teaches. Give that what you're looking to get from the other person to yourself because you're always gonna pick someone unconsciously. It has nothing to do with physicality. It's the unconscious wound of the primary uh, wound you had with one of your parents. And the second marriage is, is usually the second, let's say you had issues with your dad, you'll pick the first marriage to try to heal that. And then maybe you had issues with your mother, the second marriage, you'll pick someone who represents that. These are archetypes. These people that we're, we're relating to are really our childhood wounds with the hope we're gonna get a second chance. And you really don't, you gotta give it to yourself. If we're going to end this on anything, whatever you want from the other, learn to give it to yourself. And then you're free. Then you're free. Oh, Ken, this has been such a blessing. We're going to have to have you back because obviously we're not even done. We're just scratching the surface. And this is our second episode with Ken. So if you guys 
just heard this one, go back and listen to the last one. Um, and we're definitely, you're on our board of advisors now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. they say, they say, two years. They say the worst vice is advice. So I, I don't know that I'll be giving any advice because you can't, when you tell someone else what they should or shouldn't be doing, which I just did, you know, everybody's got to figure this out for themselves in the end. You know, there's no one size fits all. We're all unique beings, but there are principles here. There are certain underlying principles in relationship. And the primary relationship you have is with self, soul to persona. That's the primary. When you heal that, you're going to have something going horizontally this way, but you got to do the work here. It's yeah. a vertical alignment, and then you can have uh, horizontal uh, relationships. So the relationship, um, one you are, the one who dwells within you. And it's really best to do that in relationship to love yourself while you're in a relationship is to to it being in relationship heals these things yes not necessarily just okay i'll be alone forever well of course then you're perfect then you're great yeah that's easy <laughs> yeah right, yeah right. The challenge comes in relationship. when i'm alone <laughs> it's, the, it's the crucible the relationship is the crucible for the clearing of the patterns for the for the shadow aspects that we all carry you know, uh, the monk, the monks in the Hamayas, they were, they, they had no, they had no stresses and strains the way we do in the modern world. It's hard to be a, a monk in the modern world, you know, the way it is. Yeah. You got to support yourself and all that other stuff. But, yeah. but relationships, it's easier to be by yourself than it is to be in relationship. Let me put it that way. And a lot of people choose that. There are a lot of people that say, you know what, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to stay by myself for the rest of my life. Not everybody's supposed to be married. I don't yeah. think that, that's the ideal. Not everybody wants that. Each soul has to figure it out for him or herself would be my best advice. Yeah, and Ken, thank you because we don't have we don't all have 52 years to figure it out. So hopefully what we're learning from Ken will speed up our process and uh, give us the fast track to the fine wine of relationships. So thank you so much for being with us again and uh, hope to have you back soon. Well, it was my joy, and I'm uh, thankful that you invited me in the first place. Yeah. Thank you, Thank Ken. you, Ken. And you guys, to learn more about Ken, um, go to drkenharris.com, all spelled out, and uh, we'll put that link in the show notes. Okay. Take care. To learn more about our life-enhancing courses and transformational retreats, visit knowtheself.com.